0: At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop
1: him! A battle that
0: will finally be fought. I want them hunted down and brought to me! Across the face. Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm going to need some backup. Hey
1: everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy. And today we're going to talk about a film called Masters of the Universe. From 1987, starring Dolph Lundgren and Courtney Cox. Not Arquette Cox. This is before then and after, because she got divorced at one point.
0: And you must not forget that it also stars Frank Langella as Skeletor. Oh, yeah, that's true. And Meg Foster as Evelyn, the woman he loves. Eh, sure. Not okay. really, because she takes a very Macbeth turn throughout. She does. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm on NPR. I think i stopped <laughs> Why
1: are we talking? This is Masters of the Universe, of all things. Uh,
0: written by David Odell, who also had writing credits on the Supergirl film, as well as... The Dark Crystal. This movie has and a... and directed by Gary Goddard.
1: This movie has a very weird production history and place in canon. Canon. So yeah, to speak. because from what I was reading, they contribute the fall of canon
0: to three specific films: mm-hmm. Masters of the Universe from 1987, mm-hmm. Life Force from 1980, whatever I don't remember the dates. Five and Superman
1: Four: The okay. Search for More Money. Quest for Peace. The Quest for Peace. Not the one starring Richard Pryor. That was the one before that. That's
0: The Search for More Money.
1: That was The Search for... That was a bad movie, too. But yeah, this movie is kind of their only really licensed movie, I think. I don't recall any other ones they put out.
0: Uh, Nothing major other than their failed attempt to do something with Robotech, which never really got out there
1: because Mm -hmm. of how bad it was. It's next to impossible to find, which is why we haven't covered it on here. You uh, won't be able to find that no matter how hard you search. Even even Harmony Gold went out of the way to get rid of that, which says something about its quality when it's Harmony Gold.
0: So I guess with that, um, actually, I'll mention these things first instead of my usual random point in the, the podcast. Okay. So we're talking about how this movie potentially ruined canon. Mm-hmm. The movie, when it made it to the box office, had a budget of $22 million mm-hmm. for the entire film. There were production issues that we saw, that we were reading about, yep. such as them cutting the actual film schedule short and then making them film the ending of the film on a different day. Yeah.
1: It was a big problem. The movie
0: only made back at the box office $17.3 million.
1: Yeah. When it comes to flops, that's not really up there with them, to be quite honest. Even Life Force was more of a loss. Though that was, again, like two years before this. So, with that out of the way... Mm-hmm.
0: What did you think of the
1: movie? You know, it's kind of hard to put it out of the fact that there were so many problems when it came to this movie. Because I don't really have any nostalgic attachment to it. Uh, I liked He-Man when I was a kid. I liked He-Man when uh, I was but a But I kid. never really saw the movie, so I didn't really know much about it. But the movie here was based on the nostalgia
0: for the toys and not on the TV series, the filmation yeah, TV series. That's true. Which is what many people have the nostalgia for, the TV series and not the toy. That's Long. true.
1: Uh, as a movie, it was uh, it was kind of a, th- a thing at the time to have these things to cover up the budget, to have these fantastical worlds and characters come over to the modern day. And it's pretty obvious when you watch this movie. That it was done to cut the budget. But even then, because like, we actually watched these movies more or less in a row consecutively when they came out. So we're watching this in the middle of watching other movies like Too Much and Three Kinds of Heat.
0: It's like, just to give you guys a, a taste of just some of the last movies we watched, not in any particular order, because mm-hmm. uh, not, they're have not they not out yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Too Much, Three Kinds of Heat. We watched Transfers at some point, but that's a non-canon yeah. thing. We
1: watched... Uh, well, even, like, Assassination with Charles Bronson. Assassination,
0: Branson. or... Um, what's that movie that I forgot about? <laughs> Number
1: One with a Bullet.
0: Number One with a Bullet, Down yeah. Twisted. It's like, these movies all have a uh,
1: really uh, low you budget. You can see
0: that they're significantly lower on a budget. Yes. Even something that was actually good, like, Over the Top. This mo- had yeah, a lower budget.
1: Even that one. But this one f- felt like it was filmed in 1986 or so because it kind of f- fits more into that uh, canon framework. The budget is not obviously not incredibly high because it's canon. But it doesn't felt li- feel like it came out in the right year, so to speak. Because when you're watching this movie in a void, it's, like, it's easy to make fun of for having a lower budget. But when we're watching it like this, it's kind of impressive that somehow they managed this in the middle of, well, too much, which has what, a roll of nickels as a budget? You remember the b- robot in that movie?
0: I think they spent more money on filming in Japan than in actually on the rest of the budget. Oh, definitely. But we might as well... Uh... And, and But when you keep in mind that future movies are probably, in the season, are yeah. not going to be even as high in this, except for maybe Superman, but... That mm-hmm. one's not may not occur in season proper, but we'll see about that.
1: That's kind of a, a long way to get around, but... Yeah, this movie, like I said, is about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, if you know He-Man, Masters of the Universe, it's a fantasy world where uh, Prince Adam fights against the forces of Skeletor, the... Uh, on the
0: planet of Eternia. On the planet of Eternia, yeah.
1: And the planet
0: of the Eternia is in the movie for roughly 15 minutes? More
1: or less. And it's one set? Mm-hmm. Two, technically, because they show, uh... The outside, and then they show the inside of the palace, and that's it. Yeah, but it's literally the same place. More or less. But yeah, anyway, that's... The whole plot of the the series is the good guy basically wants to stop the bad guy, so... That's what they brought over here, except... The bad guy, Skeletor, came to Earth, so He-Man follows him to Earth. Or... or Where's it? The other way around. Oh, yeah. He opens a portal, ends up on Earth, and Skeletor follows him to Earth, and... Hijinks ensue.
0: Yeah, it's, um... Actually, something I'm getting a kick out of right now that's not even the movie... What? ...is the release date for the movie. Which was? 87-08-07. Mm-hmm. So 87-87.
1: 87-87. So
0: August 7th, 87.
1: Yeah. That sounds about right for this one.
0: So that... I, I, I might just be tired, but that amuses me greatly. <laughs> so back to the actual movie proper. Yeah, there's like little things. It's... The, once they get to Earth, it's, they don't play up the broad humor as much as you think for the fish out of water situation. Oh, really? Uh, um, Dolph, uh, this is actually more of like, I'll, I'll go into it later on with this stuff here, but mm-hmm. let's just, um, we, my impressions are similar to JD's. It's just like, okay. Yeah. So what, my highlight of the film. Yeah, okay. I want to be the first one out on this so that you can't steal it off of me <laughs> right away. Of course.
1: Is Frank Langella, I who
0: obviously loved this role, chewing scenery
1: left and right. Mm-hmm. He's the best part of the movie. Yeah, he does a really good job of Skeletor. I mean, his costume's not the best or anything, but... Dear... There's no real way we're going to be able to animate an actual skull in That 1980s. skull mask
0: is bad.
1: There's no way you're going to be able to animate what Skeletor was in 1980s budget, even if it was a major studio when it wouldn't look good, but... The only
0: mask that looks worse than that is Gwildor's <laughs> mask. Yeah. Which was made in order, and, and that character is created specifically
1: for the movie, yeah. since they could not make Orko. No, that wouldn't have worked either. Like I said, it's hard to judge this film in a void when you know '80s what it was like in the '80s and what was coming out at the time. It's a bit difficult, but yeah, I agree. He was uh, he was really <sighs> good in the role. I apologize for that yawn. And actually, I'm gonna uh, take a little bit of a different uh, highlight for mine, just because of how I know what they did behind it. I thought the final confrontation, the one that everybody always wonders, why is it so weirdly done, when you know why it was done that way, that they had no budget, no time, and no real camera power, I thought they did a pretty good job on the final fight between Skeletor and He-Man. Because they had no budget left, Canon wouldn't give them any more time, and they couldn't even use any other cameras. Basically, the three days that Mm -hmm. was scheduled at the end of the schedule... Was for the final
0: fight. Yeah. And they cut it there and they couldn't even do the final fight. Yeah. They, they would eventually
1: capitulate but they said you have to do it as cheap as possible. And and they did. And I actually thought considering what they went through it turned out pretty well. And I was actually surprised when I was watching it. I was expecting... Uh, well if you've seen some of the stuff Canon has done to, to cut out on a budget. It's a lot worse than this one is. But uh, as a whole I thought the movie worked out well enough. It's not incredible or anything like that. And it's not something I'd watch, uh, just flip on one day. But considering what they went through with this movie, I thought it turned out as well as could be considered. But that out of the way, I know you got a high, a low light, Randy. I know you got it. The ending? <laughs> the ending? You mean the, uh, i'll be back no no that 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 thing's great oh the time travel the, you're the talking random about. time travel oh, that occurs yes. at the end of the film that was weird as a
0: reward for save for helping uh, the eternians that was strange they they are sent back to before um courtney cox's characters julie's parents can leave on a flight in which they would have died yeah that's that was um, weird that came out of nowhere which means that the movie actually goes back in time by, what was it, about a year? Something like that. Like, because the movie is set in 1987, like, literally is set in 87. Yeah. And then the end of the movie, it pops back a year to 86. Yeah, that's... Because a lot of the movie is Julie coming to terms with the death of her parents while all this stuff goes on around them.
1: Yeah, and the whole thing is, with the time travel, which always opens up a can of worms, is... So couldn't have Skeletor have done this at any point and just destroyed them? Well...
0: Let me tell you about a little-known movie that never came out, that was cancelled, called Masters of the Universe 2 Cyborg. In which, after Skeletor survives the final battle with He-Man in Eternia, makes his way back to Earth and makes it into a post-apocalyptic wasteland where He-Man must now infiltrate it. Whatever's going on in a high school that somehow is not is unaffected by this post-apocalypse and pretend to be a professional quarterback.
1: He's not making that up; just just putting that out there. This isn't a joke or a bit. This is and, actually and, and a thing. this
0: film was to be fil- directed by Canon Cruiser favorite Albert Pune.
1: Yep, and it, on
0: uh, on a budget of less than four million dollars.
1: And it was supposed to be called and Ma- filmed back to back with Spider Man. And the title was going to be Mas- Masters of the Universe. Cyborg, no Masters of the Universe Two. Cyborg, so, using the sets from the film Cyborg. So, if you know anything about canon movies, then you might be might be thinking to yourself, "Wait a minute, there is a canon movie called Cyborg." Well, yes, there is, because they were going to reuse use the props and the sets from that
0: as well. Yeah, for this movie. So, this is what the sequel that they that the script had been written for had been cast. They had to recast Dolph Lundgren for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were planning, as I said before, Albert Pugh was going to be directing both that and Spider-Man back-to-back using the same sets, which was a high school.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then Canon at the, at the zero hour, and one of their bouts of re- reality struck them in that, Yeah, this is a bad idea. We should not do this. And they, t- and they cut it. Can we not lose money any faster? Cut it. Yeah. Instead, they made a completely different movie called Cyborg, which is, I think, 89. So,
0: before you go to your...
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: low light of it. What did you think I was gonna say?
1: Uh, for the for, for the movie. Low yeah, light? for my low light. Of the I movie.
0: had no idea when it
1: comes to you.
0: I, I'm like, cause it's like the way you're saying it, it's like, oh, you had
1: an idea in mind of
0: what I was gonna complain about.
1: No, you. Pacing all, You always. Well, that's you. That's always what you say when it comes to pacing. But I would. I would probably agree with the. Uh, I didn't really have a big overarching problem with the movie until Randy mentioned the time travel. Yeah, that was probably the worst aspect of the movie because even I was at the time... Because it came Wait, out of what? nowhere. It came what? out of nowhere. Why did this happen? And then the movie just ends right after that.
0: No, actually, no. It didn't entirely come out of nowhere. There was a scene I wasn't really paying attention to where she f- saw her dead mother uh, and then which caused her to take the
1: the uh, big key, whatever they call the yeah. eternity key, and give it to That was Evelyn making a joy, uh, joke. Not a joke. Uh, trying to fool her, though. Uh, so, yeah, but the actual time travel thing doesn't really factor in. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I, apparently, I
0: traveled back in time and overwrote JD's uh, original complaint about the film. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the pointing out that time travel takes place at the end of the film.
1: Yeah, just because it comes out of nowhere and doesn't have anything to do with anything else that happened. And it, it kind of undercuts one of the characters and what they're going through. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of time travel in movies where they're not really comedies in the first place. So... Yeah, it's not really my sort of thing.
0: Not since Jack Death
1: be- basically became his own ancestor. Well, they they kind of rode around that one <laughs> in a really weird way. But, yeah, even they realized at the point, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. But, yeah, that, that's... There's not really a whole lot to say about this movie. It's just kind of a typical 80s adventure movie and... It's the only canon movie that Dolph Lundgren was in. He's not in any other ones as far as I know. I
0: think I'm going to bag on it a little bit more on low light here. It's like I said, pacing oh, it... pacing is a little bit iffy. Mm. It's not really that action-packed. Not really. It's... Um, this is a movie that called for trancers uh, length. It, it like, needed it, a bit it, of a trim. It did not need to be an, an hour and 47 minutes. <laughs> Forty-six
1: minutes. This movie could have. It's not an hour and forty-six minutes, Randy. It's
0: a, it's a, it's it, it is. a hundred minutes, hundred and six minutes. It's an hour and forty-six minutes.
1: Yes, it should have been trimmed down about. Uh,
0: Cut twenty minutes out of this 20 movie. Minutes, yeah. Uh, like, do a little bit like less on Earth,
1: like uh, like well, the stuff, m- the stuff that fell
0: that fell flat, like this is oh, this is obviously where, it's supposed the, to be the fish out of water stuff. Well, the problem is they, they started,
1: really started on Eternia to set everything up, then they went on Earth and set everything up. It should have been the other way around. They should have. Had it on Earth, set all the slower stuff up for a, sh- a shorter amount of time, obviously. Then gone to attorney it. Then have them come over to Earth and start the plot right away. That's how it should have gone. They did it backwards, and it jars the uh, the. Piece yeah,
0: the, the, I I remember this movie being. Well, mm-hmm. I guess I'm going into my reviews now. About it, right. is that is that I remember this movie. I seen this as a kid, and I'm having this on as a VHS that was like yeah. uh, recorded off of television, which honestly, like. 80s, 90s VHS is recorded from the television. Usually, ended up being better because they cut out the when cutting out the commercials, the movies ends up being a lightly paced in some cases. Yeah, because
1: they have to cut some scenes out. Um, the movie did
0: not age well. It's, I didn't find it actually very good, but it also kind of just left me not feeling anything for the movie
1: at all. Uh, As I said, it was for me. It's just fine. It's, I don't really care for it either way. It didn't annoy me. Or...
0: The movie ends up being. I think I've used this expression before. It's a beige movie where it's just kind of there. hmm. It''s, it's, it's it, there's no highs, no lows,
1: it's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's parts about and, it I liked and well, only really one part I didn't like at all. but like I said, as a whole, it's it averages out to okay. We've watched far worse ones this season that really took. And now, and now
0: the big issue we have with this, the way we're talking about it, is like, how do we actually score the film? Because we're like, it's okay, and what's, and what's like, "Eh, it's okay. In reality, it's a, it's a point five score.
1: If I was gonna give it a score, like if we were doing it, I would have said it was a two point five. Literally, that's it. My thing is, is, is it's a two point five. It's like it's because it's like a beige. It's like just a plain. But well, because we don't do half scores and because I didn't hate it, I'm just gonna go with a three. It's not really a three, but uh... I'm I think I'm
0: gonna go the opposite and I'm just gonna say I'm a 2.5, but I'm gonna go I didn't hate it, but mm. I didn't like it. Eh. I didn't feel greatly for it. So I'm gonna go more towards a two. Uh, like like taking off nostalgia glasses for it and all being nostalgic for the the filmation series over the toys even though i played with them yeah. I would, i'll lean more towards the two because there wasn't a lot going
1: on in the film well that averages out to about a 2.5 anyway so there you go yeah this is not one of the worst movies ever uh covered on here but it's definitely also not one of the best uh if you have some nostalgia for the property and you haven't seen the movie i guess Maybe you might want to see it, but I wouldn't rush to see it or anything. I I
0: think like Frank Langella is probably the whole reason this movie became a cult classic because he literally just juicing scenery. Yes, he does a really good job. He
1: really liked it. Yeah. And uh, Dolph Lundgren is also, we didn't really mention this, but he's barely really in the movie because of, at the time, he could barely speak English and um, his scenes were mostly just him fighting or saying one line or two. I have
0: the power, yeah, because he's still speaking. So you think he's, the guy's incredibly smart if you didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like Mensa material, like he has a high IQ, he has a PhD. His do- his doctor, yeah. Lundgren. Yeah. But I think he's like an engineer, if I remember correctly. And
1: within a year or two of this movie, and you, if you see him in any movies in the late 80s, early 90s, and you'll see him speaking almost perfect English with a perfect American accent. And it's from this movie where he has the he still has a bit of the accent. It's night and day. That's how fast he learned it and how he adapted it. It's pretty quick. Man did a well enough job considering, and like I said, this is the only canon film, so... We probably won't end up covering another one of them, unfortunately. Unless it's a non-canon down the road, I don't know. But anyway, that's all we really got about this one. We. Uh,
0: I know I know. we kind of puttered about. I, I I, slowly switched away from the
1: NPR voice to just being kind of like,
0: <laughs> ah, I kind of
1: feel a little bit iffy about the movie. Yeah, well, like I said. Nonetheless, there's a lot of interesting stuff behind the scenes on this one.
0: Yeah, it's like, go out there and read about this, because there's a lot of interesting things behind the scenes as mm-hmm. GD just said I'm repeating them
1: and it's the only real licensed movie that they ever actually released canon they never put out any other ones that
0: one and uh,
1: Superman did they do oh, the yeah, Punisher Superman. one no, no way no, no no that came out did
0: uh, they Did they do Ca-
1: Captain American with the rubber ears
0: or was that just Albert Pugh and not canon
1: that was I might have been one of their spin-off studios later on because like the brothers broke up for a short time and had their own studios and some took rights here some took rights there that's why Death Wish 5 is not canon, even though more or less is if you watch the movie. But yeah, that's enough for this one. We've gone on long enough. So, um, I'm JD. And I'm Randy. And we'll continue our cruise of the canon catalog next time. Goodbye. Goodbye, friend and foe alike. <laughs>
0: Cannon films and weird dynamite.
1: Can you show us the way? Of course. No.
0: Somebody help me! From a distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe, live the adventure.